You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday, and I have a conundrum here. I have, I actually have coffee this morning. What? And because I have it's coffee in one Monday. hand, I can't run all the controls <laughs> because I have coffee <laughs> in one hand. This is a true, true dilemma. That is a, that is a real problem. <laughs> it is. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. I don't think Live it's a uncommon. mental health. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Live uncommon. Sorry. Didn't you have coffee, it. man. It's, I have coffee. It's, it's a happy day. It is. It's, it's quite the dilemma, but I don't think it's a mental health dilemma. So it's time to check no. in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Good morning. All right. What coffee do you have this morning? Um, my standard Sumatra. It's my favorite every time. It's the best. Sarah? Ethiopian. It's my favorite. Also mm. the best. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where mine came from. It came out of a bag, so... Oh, well, I mean, it's still coffee. It's still coffee. Sure. All right. What are we digging into (laughs) for Mental Health Monday today? We're we're looking at initiative, correct? We're in our initiative Mm -hmm. series, right? Yeah, that's true. The whole month of October, we were talking initiative, especially initiative and how it interacts with guilt and shame um, and that those leadership capabilities that God has built into each of us that might look different from person to person, some commonalities across the board and what we call leadership, but at the same time, like seeing that individualized process in each of us. And so today we're going to talk about building initiative, like building it up. Um, And next week, we'll finish the series with our roadblocks to initiative, what kind of gets in the way of those things. And so uh, you can find more on the overview of what initiative is and definitions and all that good stuff at HeidiGaiman.com all through the month. And today at noon, I'll be live on my Facebook page, Heidi Gaiman Writes, with Dr. Kim Markshausen, another Mm. notable learned Lutheran. And she joins me each month to talk about each of these things as well from her own uh, different uh, developmental theory perspectives that she has engaged in in her uh, education. And so today we're talking about moral development and Piaget and Kohlberg. And it, if that sounds boring to you all, I promise it <laughs> isn't. Like we <laughs> we do make it interesting if it sounds l- just super interesting because you're into kind of dorky uh, theories and stuff like that as we are, then you'll surely enjoy yourself as well. So that's at noon central center time on my Facebook page. So building initiative. Are you guys ready to build some initiative today? Yes. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is absolutely. Yes. There should not be a delay in talking about initiative. (laughs) Initiative, please, please. Okay. So first you start by answering the question. No, I'm just joking. Um, So yeah, we've talked about this and I feel like I really appreciate each of you guys like sharing your examples. And so we'll have uh, some of those examples in just a minute. But first, let's start with building initiative as a child. And then we'll talk about building initiative as an adult, though there's a lot of overlap in those things. As you guys know, we're talking through development this year, because 
I really believe that, and and I think this is true in Psalm 139 in particular, God's knitting us in the womb. It happens in these kind of stages as we grow throughout our life. But at the same time, I think they kind of repeat on each other too. I don't think we just, you know, grow very statically through those stages. I think we often go back and learn something about a certain stage and then move back through again. And so that's, my own developmental theory that's untested and slightly anecdotal, if you will. But um, building initiative as a child, taking a step out in front is a lot of what that looks like, like taking a step forward, if you will, you know, tiny steps, there's it, it doesn't seem like much initiative to ask someone to play with you. It doesn't seem like a lot of initiative to raise your hand in class or to, to read aloud or to ask someone to read a book to you or whatever to get your needs met. But that's initiative. And we start to see it from the youngest ages, you know, a baby crying to to say loudly, I need some help is initiative to some degree. And then we see how that is built throughout early childhood. And I would say a lot of the work of initiative in like the school aged years, and then especially in young adulthood and throughout our lives is learning tact and timing in our initiative, like those two things. I remember my mom when I was 12, trying to teach me tact and the concept of tact and that you might have the right thing to say, but when you say it and how you say it is a big deal. Um, and that was because I, I sounded like a 12 year old American. Everything came out really blunt and it didn't really land with a lot of compassion that I was feeling internally. And so we're, we're building initiative by teaching kids what compassion looks like when we talk, but then also how they say things, you know, reframing things and be like, wow, I really like that thought. I might say it this way so that that person can hear. And, you know, I think it's funny to talk to your two-year-old like that, but it's not at the end of the day. They are smart little creatures that God has built big brains inside. And so I definitely believe in using large words, building vocabulary in kids and being honest and upfront with them about how we say things really early and often. If if you will. And then how we, and when we say things, if you think about the fact that, you know, when mom's on the phone, when dad is uh, just got home or when he's on the phone or whatever's happening, that I need three more minutes and I'll be done and I'll be ready for this conversation. That's helping them learn that healthy initiative that includes humility, like we talked about in our last segment. So any questions on tact or timeliness? Any, any thoughts on that, Sarah and Andy? <laughs> That's always something that I feel like everyone can always be growing in uh <laughs> even as an adult i still wrestle with it and I'm maybe, always learning. <laughs> maybe even more so in as adult because I, I feel like as you get older right you, you stop caring about what people mm. think immediately so maybe tact is even more important as you get older wow, i have more about snark. that okay <laughs> right right oh my gosh so we go through like the sarcasm stage of life where like oh, it yes. just becomes the way we speak right and some of us uh go have through? a hard time growing out of that right <laughs> i have not grown out of that yet <laughs> no right and it has its place but learning how that 
doesn't land sometimes, you know, and neurodiversity in particular, like there's whole populations that don't understand sarcasm or that mm -hmm. sarcasm is their love language. Like they need it, you know, for mm -hmm. us to interact. And so just being aware of those things. And then also, like you said, so this kind of proves my point about how development kind of circles in on itself again and again in the way that God has created us, like not to be stagnant, stagnant on purpose is that you can kind of see that as we get older, uh, 65 plus 70, 80, you do start to care a little less about what comes out of your mouth. And part of that is neurobiological. There's a lot of research in neuroscience about different switches that kind of turn off that usually give us a little pause before we speak. Um, and so we can appreciate that as both the brokenness of the world, but also the confidence to be ourselves and then also learning continuously, like you just said, oh, maybe I should say that different or maybe I should interact a little bit differently. Um, that's where the guilt section of initiative and guilt comes in, being able to look at where I need to grow, but have that movement oriented guilt instead of shame where I can say oh my goodness that did not come out right I, I'm sorry uh, bringing it before God having confession with him about the way our mouths work and the way our brains work sometimes and, and but not letting it sit there not having that shame of I can't have initiative again like I can't step forward again because I said the wrong thing and kids get real blocked up in this and we'll talk about this with roadblocks but I think that shame is real when we don't talk to kids honestly about wow you know i don't think that really landed the way you wanted it to with your friend can we can we talk about that like what were you trying to say those are things that build initiative when we have the back-end conversation with kids uh, those uh, wraparound conversations where we help lead them in the beginning let them go explore do their thing but then also check back in with them to give them a safe space to really process and debrief their experiences in life Life, that is good initiative building. That's good initiative building. So um, a couple more things that build initiative in children are uh, balance, balancing authority as well as compassion. And so, you know, people like myself who have a lot of voice and a lot of words, uh, want to jump into initiative you know there's some some of us have like a very natural um acumen for taking those steps forward and learning that we are not the only one capable first of all is important that we are in fact um useful and uh that god has given us many gifts but that we're also dispensable that we're small and god is big and he can do things without us those are all really powerful things um and we kind of figure out how we shape that for individual ch children that we teach and, and as we parent, um, but also giving them compassion for themselves. <laughs> that is movement-oriented guilt at its best, is self-compassion, saying, wow, I didn't say that right, or wow, that leading didn't go well, or ooh, um, I maybe should have given some space for that person who didn't want to play with me or whatever. Having compassion for others and where they're coming from is super important. And I would say we teach that well 50% of the time in the church. Uh, but I think self-compassion is a topic we don't talk about in the church that we need more of. You know, and if it helps, we can con contextualize that as Christ compassion, because when Christ looks at you, he sees compassion. He doesn't see sin and guilt. He sees what he has done. And we. I think it's a battle in life to stand in that 
and believe it, and it's okay to wrestle with it. That's part of Christ's compassion. Uh, but to have it internally is really important instead of it just be an external idea that we engage with. Does that make sense, you guys? Yeah, yeah, it does. Good, good. Yeah. I just got to do a double check sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why don't, um, and, and why don't we continue? We, we need to take a quick break. I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm no, going to take the initiative cool. to lead us into the break. How's that? I love it. You do the, You do you. <laughs> it is Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman on initiative today. We've talked about children. Are we going to talk about adults next? Is that right? Initiative we are going to talk about adults next. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. I could use some help. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. On this Monday, October 19th, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, John and Janet Rao of St. Charles, Missouri, as they give thanks for the blessing of marriage. John and Janet made a gift to KFUO Radio in celebration of their 45th wedding anniversary today. They are thankful to the Lord for bringing them together and blessing them greatly. Thank you, John and Janet Rao, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. We equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more about classical Lutheran education at Faith Plano, visit flsplano.org. That's flsplano.org. This has been quite a year, a lot of uncertainty. But there is one thing you can count on if you're a member of the Concordia Plans. Your benefits through the Concordia Plans are always with you to help keep you physically, emotionally, and financially healthy. Protect yourself and your family by signing up for your health care benefits, along with additional insurance and saving for retirement. Choose your 2021 benefits November 2nd through the 20th at concordiaplans.org slash myaccount. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman talking initiative today. All right, so we've discussed initiative as a child. Let's talk about building initiative as an adult. I certainly can use some mm -hmm. help, so thanks. Oh, yeah. You guys will love this part because <laughs> I know you're lifelong learners. Like, that's one of your jams. And so, you know, <laughs> building initiative as an adult has a lot to do with learning and continuing to learn and grow. You know, my series on the website this year is called Always Growing Lifespan Development. You know, the fact that we're not stuck uh, just in this one spot, instead, that God created us to continuously growing. And I think that's one reason in Psalm 139, he says, um, he talks about, uh, you know, knowing 
us and wanting to know us more and us wanting to know him more and his thoughts more, even though he already knows all of us. Because even God himself is that growth oriented, which is, I don't know, it's mind blowing. It's a, it's a huge mystery of God. So um, let's consider then how we learn as adults. Like how do we move forward? So one thing is independent learning, you know, maybe reading, uh, maybe watching videos. Uh, that can be a course that you take, something formal, or it might be kind of informal, like signing up for a continuing education thing at your community college, or going to a library program, or going to Bible study at church, or having a group of people at your house who, um, you know, learns a certain task or skill together or talks or has a discussion group. Those are all ways that we learn as adults. Uh, I, I, am I missing some? Can you think of some off the top of your head, you guys, that I kind of haven't brought up, like ways we learn? Hmm. I mean, uh, community and with friends and uh, <laughs> with coworkers, especially too. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Like wherever our like employment lies or different vocational learning, um, that is most certainly true. Yeah, that's really good. Um, the other thing that builds initiatives as an adult. And so, okay, I think we're pretty good at the learning in Lutheranism. <laughs> like we like, we <laughs> like us some learning, uh, for the most part, we're a thinking church, if you will. Uh, however, one part we're not great at, we are sometimes, uh, but I think we could work on is is community uh, and you just brought that up so relationships is one way we build initiative as an adult so we uh, spend time together and you know think about the initiative or the leadership it takes to walk up to somebody and say hey how was that cancer treatment like that I know that can be really hard you know, that takes initiative to step out, to step forward um, and offer a space for someone to share. It takes initiative to say, hey, I'm going to, yeah, I'll teach some Sunday school and, and talk to little kids. It takes initiative to do so many things relationally, um, to tell our spouse, I'm a little concerned about this segment of our finances. That's That's initiative. And so all these relational things that are initiative, I think, could take more attention from us, if you will, instead of avoiding it. I hope that it helps people formulate it in the concept that they're building something. They're building a skill. They're building um, that internal initiative that God has intended for us, always in humility and compassion, like we said. Uh, then there's also community doing. And so we're also okay at this, I think, uh, whereas like community just being in relationship is harder for us. Uh, but community doing is kind of that service aspect that builds initiative uh, when we see a need and we desire to do something about it. That's an important part of initiative that we engage in as adults. The thing is, I hope as I say all this, you guys still hear that these are things that kids are capable of, because I think that's one way that we tamp initiative down is that we believe that these are uh, specific to, uh, you know, when I'm 40, then I'll be capable or something. And it, it doesn't really work like that. Initiative isn't locked into our secular ideas of when and where we can do things. Instead, God in his mercy gives what we need when we need it. And that's part of our belief in the Holy Spirit who calls, gathers, and enlightens. And so 
I think experiences and exploration go into this. Uh, when we uh, work with a team of people, we learn things from each other and that builds initiative and how we work in committees and in uh, informal teams. Uh, traveling builds initiative because we have to, I think mm. about when I went to visit my friend Deaconess <laughs> Kim Biltman in Germany and I had to get myself on a, off a plane in Berlin by myself on a train, on multiple buses to get to a train to get to Wittenberg to meet Kim, who's fluent in German, right? And so that initiative that it took for that trip, I did not think I was capable of when I realized I had to get off this plane and find a bus and then switch buses and then also lug this giant bag around and then find the right train and then whoops, bought the wrong ticket, have to trade that in, all of that stuff. But then when I was done, I felt so capable, you know, I'm like, oh, I can tackle the next adventure. That's how God works initiative in us, I think, is through those different experiences. And then also that connection I had with Kim was a safe place to land in. So it didn't feel as um, scary as off-putting to move forward because I knew at the end of the day, I would see Kim's face and Kim's smile and we would have these adventures together. I think that goes a long way in building initiative is having those people to do this with. Um, so I'll ask the question. I, I also had written down mentors and just having conversations, build initiative, and then also identifying expectations and proactively deciding to meet them or decline them. And that is part of the freedom of Christ, that we live in expectation and being able to move in our relationships with expectations, but also being able to say, no, thank you. You know, I don't need to meet everyone on Facebook's expectation of me. That is, that's not my jam. Um, I don't need to meet uh, everybody's expectation of me, even at work. Instead, being able to evaluate those things uh, and what is true and good in them and what is sent by God and what is not. That's part of initiative. So the question I have for you guys before we run out of time, because I'm just talking, is what leadership skills have you learned from a class or what do you think you've learned from a mentor? Let's talk about those two things first. Uh, I also have an experience down, but let's start with class. What do you think you've learned from a class, you guys? Oh man, all of my examples are from experiences. <laughs> <laughs> we can start on the reverse end. <laughs> Sarah, switching it up. <laughs> Take control, Sorry, Sarah. There man. you go. Take I'm initiative. Just trying to think through this stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I think most of my examples, several of them that I can think of all come from, um, from experiences in the workplace, having um, bosses or people, uh, uh, you know, in, in charge, I guess, of, of what I'm doing, who believe in me and who are like, here, take this project, you can do this. And that, mm -hmm. um, and maybe this is, you know, youngest child syndrome, um, but being able to have somebody who, who sees that I have the ability to do something. And that has taught me, you know, how to, how to be in front of groups of people as an introvert, that it can be terrifying, but be in front of groups of people and lead them or organize an event um, or do things mm -hmm. like that. The other thing is uh, working in retail um, as an introvert mm -hmm. who does not like to talk to people, like say the first word to people, that <laughs> taught me immense amount of life skills mm -hmm. of how mm -hmm. to take that initiative to to just step forward and say, hey, how can I help you? That was that was huge. Mm -hmm. um, huge. But having, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But having, having several people along the way who, um, who, who told me I could do something and they, they saw mm -hmm. that skill. Um, I guess that, that falls under mentored then. 
I'll, I'll throw that one out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, someone in, in a in a business district, I was a 21 year old that didn't know anything about business, but they told me I could lead a business district. So I did. Um, mm -hmm. But that kind of high leadership level was is was so critical, just having other people um, recognize those skills. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. I think about, you know, I worked at Taco Bell as a teenager and easily one of the hardest jobs I've ever done. Also, so many skills that I've learned uh, from that job that I don't think I could have learned in my deaconess classes as valuable as they were. All those things have a place in our life. And I really like how you brought uh, attention to all those different realms. And I do think as you bring up about mentors, they can last for a whole lifetime. You know, maybe you have someone for a lifetime, but often they last for a season uh, and that's okay. That's the way friendship is too. I think that's the, the nature of a lot of relationships is, you know, a moment, a season or a lifetime. Those are a lot of uh, the three realms, if you will, the timelines that friendship happen. And so being able to be open to when a mentor kind of comes into your life and being willing to listen, as well as uh, engage in their belief in you, you know, that's a mm -hmm. real thing. So that's a credit to you that you also like listened and took their, um, that's an act of humility to believe what someone says that you're capable of. That's awesome. How about you, Andy? Uh, this time of year makes me think of here in the Midwest. Typically, there are a lot of like uh, sausage suppers at churches and like <laughs> big, big dinners at churches. And those take a lot of a, a lot of labor for those events to happen. Everything from the people cooking the food to, um, you know, setting up and cleaning tables and, and, and taking down all those things. And I remember as a student in like middle school, high school, helping with one of those meals and just how the uh, some of the older members um, just helped me learn how to do my job for that day. And mm -hmm. they were so patient and willing to teach me how to do it and uh, just taking time. I don't know, they, it was meaningful to me that an older member of the congregation was interested in helping me learn how to do something and um, and entrusting me with some responsibility too. Um, that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something really significant. Like I wasn't leading a Bible study or something like that. I was cleaning off tables at a sausage supper, but still mm -hmm. it was meaningful to me as a kid um, to have that opportunity with a, an older mm -hmm. member of the congregation that I might not normally interact with on that kind of level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as churches, we're always balancing for our youth in particular, these two places of initiative of both service, but then also uh, giving them more. And so I love what you're saying, like that there is value in someone handing you the ladle and being like, okay, you greet people and you say like, oh, would you like some German potato salad or whatever? You know, mm -hmm. that's a that's a moment in relationship that can go a long way in building something else. You know, we call that connect and then that can lead to something bigger called community. Um, but I also think ch the challenge for churches is to do that alone, but then also give youth the opportunity to have a voice, which we're going to talk about that voice piece a lot next week when we talk about roadblocks to initiative and the benefits of building initiative. You know, why in the world do we want to remove these roadblocks? And a lot of it has to be with what you're talking about, just having those relationships and what they can 
can do in our lives beyond uh, just skills. So I really appreciate that. Thanks, you guys, for all your participation, as always. Thank you. Find more at HeidiGaiman.com. Heidi, have a great week. Thanks so much. Thanks. See you next week. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. KFUO Radio. Visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.